Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. We're here with Ellie again, and she uh, wanted to share some of her insights, or I wanted her to share some of her insights on what uh, can someone do uh, with a biology degree? Because the natural course is to become a doctor or nurse uh, or somewhere in that kind of healthcare field, and then uh, to become a researcher or a professor and, and on that, down that path. But uh, you took a slightly different path and, and kind of got open to like industry and things like that. So can you kind of recap us on your journey into uh, that and, and then your, uh, I'll call it awakening, <laughs> for lack of a better world, that there's actually more uh, out there than just kind of the traditional. And, and this is probably true with other um, degrees as well. But uh, we'll start with uh, biology and when, what else uh, could folks look out to, to looking at? Great. Thanks, Luki. Uh, so when I was in undergrad, I definitely had a mindset that was similar to a lot of other folks in that I understood the top two options were to, uh, or the top one option was to go to medical school and uh, the top number two option was to continue in academia and to become a professor. And so I definitely had a little bit of a rude awakening when I realized that medical school wasn't for me and neither was academia. This was around the end of my second year of undergrad and I had to start thinking about what my career options were otherwise. And so this word industry was something that I had heard of but I didn't really understand what it was. until I was able to gain some more understanding, mostly by talking to folks and by networking, uh, to understand that the industry refers to everything related to different companies who are producing things like medicines and medical devices. Um, And so that was really interesting to me, to work for a company as opposed to working for as a doctor in a hospital or as a researcher for a university. And so the main thing that uh, Luki and I will be chatting about today is how I was able to learn a little bit more about the industry that I work in, which is pharmaceuticals, um, but also about how I gained a little bit of insight into other industries like medical devices, for example, or also environmental biology, which is another option uh, for folks to go into. Um, And I also was able to learn a little bit about fields like consulting, which is a kind of a scary word for some. and I was able to do that all through networking. So, Luki, I'll be happy for you to ask me more questions about that. Uh, sure. From there. If we can uh, step back and, and maybe go to that that rude awakening, if you're okay to <laughs> relive that side. And uh, so you were on the path to either going into med school or research and things like that. Then how did you kind of knock either one of those off your list? So for the folks that have their biology degrees and they're kind of considering the same path, how do you make the decision, I guess, not to choose them um, or to say, you know what, actually, this is uh, probably the right path for you to, to follow? Great question. So around the end of my second year and the beginning of my third year of undergrad, um, I had amassed some research experience working in a biology lab at UTSC. And I realized that I really enjoyed working with my team and being in a collaborative environment, but I didn't necessarily feel energized by working by myself um, on my experiments. I thought it was cool conceptually, but it just wasn't something that I was really 
jumping out of bed to do in the morning. And so around that time, I learned that you could enter the industry, which meant, again, working for a company. And I knew from speaking to other students in co-op programs that there's this big company named Sanofi Pasteur um, that makes vaccines and that they hire co-op students every year. And so I thought that that was a great way for me to be able to get my foot in the door um, and to learn what it's like working for a company that makes medicines as opposed to just as opposed to uh, being a researcher who might work on more of a development uh, point of view or as opposed to being a doctor who works directly with patients. So I was thinking, what's it like working at a company? I don't know anything about this. And so I would definitely say that part of this rude awakening was realizing that working solo in a lab might not have been the thing that was energizing me. Um, and so the interesting thing is when I applied as a co-op student to work at Sanofi Pasteur, I had lab experience. So the job that I was qualified to do at Sanofi was also to work in a laboratory. And so I worked in analytical research and development at Sanofi Pasteur, and I did that for a year and a half. Mm. Again, working in R&D for a company was an amazing learning opportunity. I loved working with my team. I loved presenting my results to my teammates. I loved to brainstorm with my manager and my other colleagues to come up with new ways to do things. Um, I loved being part of this collaborative learning environment. But what I didn't love was, again, to sit by myself at the bench and to actually be doing my experiments. Right. And so again, this is part of my rude awakening that I realized, oh, I really like like the collaborative, the people aspect, but maybe not so much the actual bench science part of it. Right. So that was part to, of my journey. Yeah. So I want to dig a little bit about like the folks that again are considering their options. So we didn't really talk about how, uh, I guess, med school got taken off the table. Was, it, was there a, a kind of a decision point there to say, like, nope, definitely not doctor, nurse, that that path was, was out? Or is it really more that, hey, I ended up following, finding this industry path and you know what, let me continue on that and that's, that's good enough? I think very early on, I realized that it takes a certain type of person hmm. um, to be able to succeed in medical school. Uh, you need a really, really, really strong internal drive to be able to do that. Mm. And it was just never fully aligned with me. Okay. So I was definitely more of the root of becoming a professor. Okay. So you went But again, up... I thought it was binary and it wasn't. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you went down the research path and then you, you find, because uh, what came to mind is, is it really uh, the, the type of work or is it more the fact that um, maybe it was just the lab and the colleagues that were there, like no offense to the people that you work with or something, but it could have been that uh, the ones in, in the second lab were just more kind of more fun, you were more aligned with whatever. And had you worked in like in, in, a, in a really fun professor's lab, I don't know if that's such a thing, but uh, th then maybe you could have done it. Because you mentioned that the, it was really the, the bench science that was, wasn't what you're uh, into. Um, or the other part I was extrapolating was maybe it's kind of that incremental to say, oh, oh, actually, um, it's the bench science. And then, hey, there's this other part of bench science that's even further uh, beyond it that I could uh, pursue. Right. So uh, do you think there was an aspect of like that, that bench science that would have been that would have been appealing to you or is it just that work is, is, is totally off? OK, good question. Um, and I'll answer your question by talking about something uh, new, which is that 
throughout undergrad, I was doing a lot of extracurriculars. Okay. Um, I would join student clubs like the Biology of Student Association. And I realized that, again, the things that I was drawn towards was not necessarily doing projects by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my passion projects were all aligned with helping other people um, and working directly with other folks, especially, um, especially like newer students in a mentoring capacity or working with the team to host an event. So definitely to answer your question about, you know, what I thought I was being drawn towards, I was realizing both through my work and through my extracurriculars that I was being drawn towards um, a really like collaborative team environment and that that's where I was getting my energy from. And then I realized that in both the research that I was doing at uh, UTSC and the research that I was doing at Sanofi Pasteur, um, what was draining me a little bit was the, the, the hardcore, like the bench science part of it. Right. So this is also to say that doing extracurriculars and getting involved in clubs is a really, really amazing way to learn more about your strengths and what brings you energy. Um, and I was really using that idea about what energizes me uh, to drive me further um, towards the career that I'm doing now. I think that's a great point. So one of the tools and techniques that I recommend folks to do is what, what I call the five two two one journaling, uh, which is basically five minutes a day and two minutes on what drained you, right? The, as specific as you can, what you were doing, the people you're with, the environment and everything. And then two minutes on what energized you, right? Again, as specific as you can, what you were doing. And then one minute on how do you minimize the first, the stuff that drains you, and how do you maximize the second? And then after weeks, after months, after years, then you start noticing patterns. So uh, I think that would have been a, a good technique or tool for you to have used during that. And, and I think you already did that kind of inherently, uh, where um, you, you didn't formally do it on, on that. But for those who are trying to figure out where, what are these things that, that energize me and light me up, uh, often that's, that's a, uh, a good technique. Yeah, and I would also echo to do this the student club stuff, right? Because uh, if you're stuck in kind of the four walls of the classroom, yeah, there's stuff there, but uh, there's so much more in the in the outside world. So, uh, were there any kind of hints during any of those um, kind of sessions? And like, did, did they present industry or, or they did they bring it forth? Or uh, would you have that, that exposure with without a co-op? Because I'm, I'm thinking of those where uh, you, you got it by necessity of being in a job there and you got exposed mm-hmm. to an industry. Um, but uh, are there other ways to explore? Or, or, or Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point that you bring, bring up. Um, I realize I have the privilege of, you know, being exposed to the industry even before I was able to graduate. So I, like, I definitely recognize that not everybody is able uh, to do that, but a great way for students to think about, you know, I keep going back to this word energy, right? Mm-hmm. You can do this and you can do this exercise and you can think about uh, journaling in the 5221 way that you just described. Um, and you can apply that all to your classes that you're already currently involved in. Right. For example, most biology students have to take um, you know, organic chemistry, which has a big, heavy laboratory component. Um, And, you know, if you wanted to, you could do more big, heavy lab courses. So, you know, a good exercise to do is to think, what are you gravitating towards? Like, do you find yourself being pulled towards these classes where you know that you're going to have to be in the lab? Does, Does that excite you? Does that energize you? Or are you more drawn to courses where you might have to do more like analytics work at a computer, for example, because that's also um, something that's 
definitely a possibility, like biostatistics, right? Or is it something else entirely that's energizing you? So when you're thinking about selecting your courses for the upcoming semester, think about what, what excites you the most. And that's a really good way to think about where your strengths might lie in relationship to what kind of a future career you might want. So for those folks who, uh, again, don't, don't have the benefit of uh, work term, but if you were to kind of give an, an overview of what else there is out in industry, uh, and then maybe we can do it like a deeper dive into yeah. kind of the pharma and the, the, the area that yeah. you know, uh, but what are some other things that folks can uh, potentially look at? And uh, when they kind of hear these things, go, go find someone who does the work, right? Have a, a coffee chat, have a Zoom conversation and, and connect with them and see what resonates uh, with you. And, and if you can't do that work yourself, at least uh, see if you can vicariously get the information from someone else. And uh, yeah, try to listen to see if, if uh, as uh, we're going through them, like which ones kind of resonate with you. So what are some things that uh, folks should consider outside of just kind of the, the medicine and uh, the research, med school and, and research side? Yeah, sure. So I'll share this in the form of like three tactical things that you can actually do. Mm. Um, the first one I'll say is attend networking nights. Okay. Um, U of T Scarborough hosts annually something called Science Networking Night. And that's where you can learn about different people in different industries. Uh, that's how I first learned about this interesting field called regulatory affairs. I had no idea about it before. Uh, so joining networking nights. Um, another organization to follow would be Life Sciences Ontario, LSO. Um, they have a lot of resources on their page um, and they've got, you know, companies that they work with. And it's just about Googling these things. If there's a company that comes up and you're like, what is this? Google it, see what they do. What do they make? What, how do they benefit the world? Right. Um, the second thing is um, the Academic Advising and Career Center, the AANCC at UTSC has a web page called What Can I Do With My Degree? Um, <laughs> and they have a section for students with a biology degree and there's a bunch of different sample jobs there. So take those and Google it. Um, and the third piece of advice I'd say is you can go on job boards like indeed.com and you can type in you know, your degree name into the search bar and it will pull up for you job postings that are seeking students with that degree. So that being said, um, just some really, really like random and broad examples is that you could work in the pharmaceutical industry, which means making medicines for people. Uh, you could work in medical devices, which means making, making things that help people feel better. Like when you get a heart surgery and you got to like put a stent in your heart, like that's a medical device, for example. Um, there's also policy and public policy is a huge field which absolutely needs people in science to be able to um, make decisions and help with policy progression. Um, there's also healthcare in general as a field. You don't have to work as a doctor, but you could work, um, you can work in like healthcare administration and that relates more to this broad field of public health, which a lot of folks end up going into. Um, there's also things like biotechnology in agriculture, right? Our food, our food is so influenced by biology and we need a lot of smart folks um, in that sector as well. So in terms of like tactical advice in order to, you know, how do I start learning about it? 
I'll go back and say networking events, search on job boards, like literally search your degree on job boards and you'll find things and just Google something. If there's a company you've never heard of or a person you're interested in, Google them and search them on LinkedIn and click around, just go exploring. Yeah, I think that, that's amazing. And, and what came to mind for, for me is for folks to actually block off that time, right? So I have a concept called non-negotiable time, which I recommend folks to do, but basically block off an hour a week, an hour a day, if you can, and say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do, what Ellie suggested, <laughs> what anybody suggested to me, right? Because when are you going to randomly click in and search for this stuff? Most people would rather be on, on YouTube or on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and going through their feed there, not really researching this. So, and you're not going to have a group assignment on this. Um, so block off some of this career time for, for yourself to explore. And uh, yeah, search on those sites. And obviously, if you're not from UT Scarborough, your respective career center and and, and the areas there, um, though, I'm sure you can f search for resources uh, at, at other schools as well, <laughs> just for those references. And networking, I think, is, is definitely one where uh, connecting with people and, and engaging in conversations to hear it from uh, the horse's mouth, as they say. Like, what do you do? Uh, what do you like about what you do? What don't you like about what you do? And, and um, having those types of conversations, I think, can be quite eye-opening. And uh, in lieu of being able to actually do the work itself, hearing it from somebody else and hearing... Uh, to your point about like the energy, what what sounds like energizing and say, like, wow, that sounds really cool versus, oh, that doesn't sound interesting whatsoever. And I encourage folks to, to do that with a couple of people because sometimes it's just that that person who they're not very energetic in general. So they, they give you a false impression. Uh, but if you constantly have those uh, non-energetic people, well, then, then maybe that's a, that's a sign. And if you constantly find the, those energetic people, well, maybe that, that's a sign in, a, in another direction, right? So uh, yeah, explore broadly. And if you're to, to go back to some of like the earlier conversations that you had. So when you knew nothing about stuff and you wanted to kind of ask them about it to get more familiar. So maybe at one of those networking events, like what did you ask them? Or like, did you naturally know how to have a conversation um, or were there specific questions that you found to be helpful um, that, that folks can kind of um, kind of borrow and maybe model off of it? Or, or I don't yeah. know if you remember, but like what, what suggestions would you have on the networking front? Great. Um, I'll start off with two observations about people, and I think you can agree. The first thing is that people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> they do, yeah. They love it. Yeah. So if you are a, a young undergrad, if you're inexperienced and you think, oh my gosh, I don't know what to ask, ask them about themselves. People love talking about themselves. They will talk your head off. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is in the context of a networking event, if someone is at a networking event, it means that they are there and they are willing to talk and they want to talk and they want to form connections. So it is perfectly okay to say to somebody who you're interested in speaking with, it's okay to say, I'm really interested in your job title. For example, if they're a consultant, it's okay to say, I'm really interested in your job title of consultant, but I don't know what consulting entails. Can you tell me more? Mm -hmm. And chances are that person will be happy to explain it to you. Um, so I'd, I'd say just as a general you know, piece of advice, if you do see um, somebody with a job title that you don't know, I mean, chances are you can Google it, like pull out your phone and just quickly Google it and see if you can get any of, sort of a general idea. 
but in terms of actually talking to people, it's okay to say that you don't know because mm -hmm. people love to explain and they love to feel like they're being helpful to you. Yeah, I think that that's great advice. So put yourself out there. So even if you're kind of one of those more shy people who don't want to initiate the conversations, the people at networking events are there because they're volunteering their time because they want to share their knowledge and wisdom and experience with, with students or whomever are in attendance. So make sure you take that uh, opportunity. And uh, yeah, I would agree that people generally like to speak about themselves. Um, now, some people uh, have different buttons. I, I call, um, I, I say that people have their button topics, right? Uh, you push the right button and they keep going and going and going and going. But certain other buttons uh, are, are a little more stuck and, and not as interesting because maybe they've said it uh, so, so many times before. I think what you mentioned before about like, well, uh, can you tell me more? I think that's a great phrase that folks can use just to uh, talk about consulting or whatever. And then when they explain things, oh, wow, that's so interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And oftentimes that curiosity is, is one where folks are open up to. Because uh, yeah. folks have this, uh, uh, well, I guess there's an impression of networking events as you have to go out, you have to sell yourself, you have to have a pitch and stuff like that. But a lot of the time can be spent listening and just asking questions and getting more information for, for others. So uh, conversation is two sides. So I, I would recommend folks, especially earlier on, to spend more of the conversation listening and, and, and yeah. getting that. And oftentimes even just doing that gives people a good impression about you because, wow, they're so attentive and stuff like that. Now you also want to share stuff about you and your accomplishments so that they can remember you in that versus, oh, that that Ellie, just she just asked, asked tons and tons of questions, right? Yeah. But that could be a good thing as well. So yeah. um, I think that that's uh, some, some, some good advice. Um, yeah. Can you so, go ahead? Yeah, so I'll just add one more thing. So like the first question that you can ask is, can you tell me more about X, Y, and Z? Sure. Um, and a nice question to ask when you're closing off is, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in entering this field. Sure. Um, because again, people love to give advice and they love to feel like their advice is valued. So if you flat out say, I want advice, I think it's, it's it. I, I say that all the time to people and it's never hit badly. And I'd recommend folks to uh, walk away with some connection information. So mm -hmm. sometimes people give business cards, uh, say, can I connect with you on LinkedIn or get an email or whatever, uh, and see if you can. Some people will say no because they don't want uh, some random student or whatever uh, person to connect with them. But most of them are there because they would love to uh, kind of offer their, their advice and guidance. So make sure you walk away with something. Uh, I know a lot of folks will go to an event and they will give their cards right? And then hoping that that person will contact them, but not take it for themselves. But it's like, well, now it's up to them to respond. And uh, versus if you have their contact information, it's up to you to put it. And then it's really your initiative that will allow you to, to connect with that person versus hoping and praying that they'll get back to you. Um, so we found some information about uh, different areas. We've talked to a bunch of people. We've got some, um, some, um, insights and, and maybe some things that we that energize us or, or don't. Uh, walk us through kind of the area that you got energized in. So so uh, pharmaceuticals and what can some folks um, kind of uh, match up to other areas and say, okay, this this is what what's you know in pharma, but how could they relate it to I don't know med devices, environmental, whatever? Because there's probably similar things to 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 look out for there. So. What are some of the, the intricacies of, of, of pharma that you found uh, kind of fascinating <laughs> that folks might, might be interested in? Great. So the field I work in is called pharmaceuticals. And all that means is that it's anyone who makes medicines um, for people. And so 
I always thought that entering the pharmaceutical industry was interesting because you're making medicines for people. You help people feel better uh, and live longer lives. And I just thought that that was such a cool calling. So in terms of how I, you know, how I was able to find out more about that and how I got more involved was, like I said, I started off working at Sanofi Pasteur, which makes vaccines. Mm -hmm. And while I was at Sanofi Pasteur, um, what I did was a lot of LinkedIn stalking. I would (laughs) find people's names like on the door frame of their office and I would search them on LinkedIn and say, what do they do? How did they get there? What was their career path? So yeah, like a lot of creepy behavior. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that's how I learned so much about, you know, different people's career paths. And in terms of, you know, how that propelled me forward into working in pharmaceuticals uh, still today, I work at a company called GSK. Um, While I was at Sanofi Pasteur, I learned about this master's degree program called the Master of Biotechnology. Um, It's hosted out of U of T Mississauga campus. And I learned that a lot of people who do the M-Biotech program end up working in the pharmaceutical industry. There's a very close uh, connection between and biotech and uh, working in pharma. And so that was really my springboard, meeting folks who had graduated from that program, uh, liking their energy and liking what I saw that they were doing, um, which is, you know, working in the space, but not necessarily in the laboratory. And then that led to me applying for Embiotech, getting in, uh, and then getting another job at GSK, where I ended up staying and where I'm very happily situated right now. Cool. So it sounds like it's it's an, another point for networking, connecting with folks, and kind of aligning. You know, like you, you happen to meet folks that you align with, uh, you liked what they were speaking about, and uh, yeah, it, it gave you more insights into an area that, and just kind of reconfirmed that you, you know what I want to keep on going down that path. Right? So uh, I think that that's great and a, a lot of useful information uh, for folks that are trying to think of other things, uh, to do with their, uh, biology degree, other than medicine or, or research. Um, are, are there any other thoughts or, or advice or guidance that you'd want to give for folks if they're, uh, kind of considering? So definitely, uh, spend some time, uh, to, to research and, and network. So that non-negotiable time, maybe add that, uh, reflection exercise too. Connecting with lots of people, um, maybe some of that that stalking that you mentioned, or maybe uh, not so much on that side, but at least learning about their their paths. Um, what, what other things might uh, folks uh, want to do, or what advice would you have for them? Um, I'd say that an important thing to understand is that you can work in a in a different industry, but not have a degree that directly that might not seem to directly connect. Hmm. Um, one random example I thought about is that. I know somebody who uh, who completed their Master of Biotechnology degree, um, and they work in the cosmetics industry right now. Uh, they're a regulatory affairs professionals um, in cosmetics. And so you might not necessarily think of a science degree as uh, being related to the cosmetics industry, but it is, um, especially from like a chemistry point of view, for example. Sure. So all this is to say is that for folks who are thinking about different career paths, again, think about something that that might you interact with on a daily basis, right? That you're thinking, oh, like, do I have a place here? And you can search up on job boards. 
I'll give a random example. I really like CeraVe face wash. And what you could do is you could go to their company website. You can click on their jobs that they've got on their job board. And you can see what kind of people are they hiring? Are they hiring scientists who need a biology degree? Okay, I'm going to go work for CeraVe or whatever the parent company, their parent company, I guess it would be. Yeah. Um, so that's like one thing. And again, I'd say on LinkedIn, use, you know, search for people, for people who you know, people who might have graduated from the same university as you. See what they're up to. Um, you can also search in LinkedIn for your degree and it will pull up people who have done the same degree as you. See what company they work at and use LinkedIn to click around and see what are these other companies that are in that industry. And you're probably going to learn a lot of things and like learn about a lot of companies that you just didn't know existed. Yeah, I think it's it's being open to the fact that there's probably way more than you even think, way more than we even mentioned. Um, one thing that came to mind um, is I used to work at, uh, at one of the big four for management consulting, and that's very kind of business heavy. I was on the tech side, um, and then I found out that someone we were working for was was a nurse. And it's like, oh, that's kind of odd. Well, it made sense because uh, we were implementing a technology system. It was a supply chain technology system, uh, but for uh, a set of hospitals, right? So her nursing expertise, um, even though she focused it on supply chain, uh, her background was was um, was definitely very valuable, right? So there are ones where uh, sometimes the the unexpected degrees uh, can can lend you or land you in, in different areas. So I think that's uh, great and useful advice. So is there anything else that you'd want to share with folks as they're trying to figure out what to do with their biology degree? I'd say talk to as many people as you can. It, even if you are you know, really shy and you feel like you have nothing valuable to ask, um, I'd say that you, what you can do is you know, prepare lists of questions in advance, um, prepare a list of folks who you'd like to speak to, and you know, be honest and open about the fact that you know, you're a new grad, you want to learn about your career options, um, and you're asking somebody for you know, 15, 20 minutes of their time on a phone call or a Zoom call. And you will find that through that process, people are way more willing to help than you might've assumed. Uh, so that's one thing. Another thing is that if you know somebody who works in a field that's even remotely what you might be considering, ask that person who else you should speak to. Right. The power of the network is that when you make a connection with one person, that person knows other people who they can connect you with. And again, the fact that you are a new grad and that you're willing to learn and that you want people to advise you, um, people love to talk about themselves and they love to give advice. So don't underestimate that power. I think that's uh, great and amazing uh, advice. And, and uh, yeah, I probably add my own two cents to it. But when you're uh, connecting with someone, um, try to, instead of just answering or asking the generic stuff, do a bit of homework right? Uh, what degree, what they did, and just say, well, I know that you did blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, can you look, tell me a little bit more about the decision process to go from here to there, or a little bit more about that? So that, that tell me more part is great. It's one, it suggests that you did some research, <laughs> and you're not going to get them to tell the generic stuff that it's available to everyone. You're, you're probing a little bit deeper. I think that that's great. And the whole networking thing, realizing that when you connect with one person, you're not connecting with one person. 
you're connecting with the 10, 100, 1,000 people that they're connected to do as well. And uh, on, on the opposite side of that is make sure you're nice to everyone <laughs> because you never know who that person knows because if you uh, network on, on the, 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 the non-caring um, way where you're trying to use people and stuff like that, sometimes it comes bite back uh, to bite you later on. So uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of uh, great and useful advice. And uh, thanks, uh, Ellie, so much for sharing your, your insights and, and wisdom on uh, what to do with your biology degree. And hopefully we'll get you back for another topic. Thank you, Luki. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.